0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise the Lord, Church. I'm glad he gave that explanation of why I'm here. I didn't want anybody to get confused and think it was Sunday morning. I'm thinking you're crazy, but you're not. I just wanna to come tonight and tell you you are not crazy. So, um, thank you, worship team. They actually had the most perfect songs to go with this lesson. And um, I can tell you, typically I'm going to give you a little recap in a second after you sit down, but um, before we get started, I'm going to tell you I got really excited studying this, okay? I know it's Wednesday, (laughs) and I know you probably had a day like I had a day, Okay. (laughs) you know, kids missing the bus and you're trying to track down where four kids are and, you know, that kind of thing. Typical Wednesday. and um, But I'm tell you, I got excited studying this. Okay? So I'm going to tell you this is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> Either I'm going to get excited and you're going to let me get excited and you're going to join in my excitement and help me teach this or you're going to go ahead and burst my bubble now. <laughs> This is going to go downhill from here. Um, But, Chris, you were right on it, so I'll just hand the mic right back to you. (laughs) Okay. But thank you so much for everybody for being here. And um, truly, it's been a wonderful weekend, lovely time honoring our church and honoring our pastors. And um, I'll tell you this. Will it help me go the first option with everybody joining me if I tell you I'm not going to be long? Come on. Amen. (laughs) Come on. All right, all right, we're on board. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray, if you will. I really, always, really feel your your uh, prayers when we pray together. Before I get started, if we can, if we can join in prayer, then I'll have you sit down. Lord, I love you tonight, God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, I thank you for your truth, God. Tonight, God, Lord, I come before you. Jesus, and offer you God a sacrifice of praise, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would move like only you can, God. That Lord Jesus, you would accept our worship, Jesus. Lord God, that you'd cause our minds to remember you, God, and all things good or bad, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that your will would be done, God, in all things, God. Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor, Jesus. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. If you love the Lord. Give him a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Thank the Lord. It always just feels better to worship. Just feels better to worship. So, this series that we've been um, teaching has been on the heart of worship. And the first lesson, Pastor spoke about having the attitude of worship. If you remember, he kind of broke it in two parts. In the first part, he talked about the lady in the New Testament that had the daughter that was vexed with the devil. And um, she just persistently worshiped God. And then in the second part, he talked about Cain and Abel and asked us, do we offer God our best or do we offer him what's left? Um, Because he said God's looking at the worship that comes from our hearts. And that was really where the attitude of worship comes from is our heart. And then lesson two, Brother Wadley spoke about the expression of worship. And he talked about David, and David was very expressive in his worship, and we know he danced before the Lord. And Brother Rayleigh was telling us how the custom was for the, the Jews to, to worship with their palms up. Remember that? Um, and every step, six steps they would take, they would stop and worship. So um, good, good, good teachings on worship, on the expression. Aren't you glad to be part of a church that allows you to express your worship? I love that. I tell people that all the time. I don't know how they can go to a church that doesn't just allow you the freedom to throw your hands up when you need to. Lesson three is, this is today, and it's the time to worship. The time to worship. And I'm going to just ask for a little bit of church participation. If you'll just finish my sentence for me. The main idea is this. Because God is always worthy of worship, we must worship him I like that. In spirit and in truth. Anybody have any other answers? At all times. That's right. Always. Right? Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we must worship him at all times. Continually. Always. When we're up on the mountain. When we're down in the valley. Late in the midnight hour. And when we rise in the morning. When we feel like it. And when we don't, <laughs> because He's worthy of our worship. Now, my understanding of worship deepened several years ago when I heard a preacher preach, and he um, he was explaining the difference between praise and worship. And I want to share with you what he said. He said anybody can praise God. You know, let everything that hath breath praise You, the Lord. And he said, praise sounds a lot like this, Lord. I thank you for giving me shoes. Lord, I thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for your blessings on me. Thank you for getting me through college and helping me on my career. He said, praise, thanks God for what he did. And the difference is this. The praiser thanks God for his shoes. But the worshiper says, if I don't have any shoes, if I don't have a home, if I've lost my job, if I have no car, if I never get anything, I worship you for who you are. I worship you because you're God. You don't have to give me anything. You don't have to perform. You don't have to impress me. I'll worship you just because you're God and your presence is valuable to me. Time and worship go hand in hand. They both are very precious and valuable gifts. Thomas Edison said, Time is really the only capital that any human being has and the only thing he can't afford to lose. What makes time so valuable is that it can't be saved or stored for future use. It's constantly being spent. Once that the moment passes, that moment's not going to come around again. And so the one who understands that, that sobering truth about time, they're going to spend their time a little bit more wisely than the ones who fail to understand the fleeting nature of time. I tell you, that very thought hits me really hard as a mother when I realize that my kids are growing up. When I look at a picture and the first question comes to my mind, where did the time go? where did the time go? And I tell myself, Amanda, you better be careful of how you spend your time. It's gone. I can't get it back. I held that baby tonight, and it's been almost eight years since I had one like that. Where did the time go? Where did the time go? And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I get it wrong, my time. I can tell you I have spent a lot of time, some things on things that I thought were important just to realize later that I was robbed by a time thief. And I'm I'm just going to give you that little warning that there are a lot of those out there, so just be careful. A lot of time thieves out there. But I've learned to be more intentional with my time over the years and getting older. (laughs) You do learn a little bit to be more wise with your time. And I've learned to trust God with it. And T.F. Tenney once said, if I can't trust God with my time, how could I possibly trust him with eternity? That's a different lesson for another night that someone needs to preach to me, so all you (laughs) preachers out there, it's a good thought. The Bible gives us good instruction about time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. We know that there's going to be times of laughter and that there's going to be times of weeping. We know that there's going to be times of mourning and times of rejoicing, that there's going to be times of war, times of peace, time to embrace and time to let go, times to speak, times to be silent. Husbands, stop looking at your wives. Brother Williams. (laughs) But although we can't control the seasons and the times for all things, we do get to decide on how we allocate our time. And I would never tell you how to spend your time. But I do want to kind of advise you don't try to reinvent the wheel. It's a waste of time. When David wrote that text that we read tonight in Psalm 34, he was very clear about how he was going to spend his time. He said, I I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, David wrote that psalm when he was in the cave. Okay, it gives you a little bit of more perspective. He wasn't, you know, out there just killed Goliath and he's, you know, oh, I will bless the Lord. Mm-mm, that wasn't the scene at all. He was running from Saul. He fled to Gath seeking protection. Uh, that did not work out like he thought. And so he was running again. And fearing for his life, he escaped to the cave where 400 men gathered with him. That's where that psalm, that psalm was birthed in that situation right there. Now, he didn't have a clear direction of what to do next. But he knew that he wasn't alone anymore. And in that realization, he penned those words, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So let me tell you that when you don't know what to do, when you're afraid in a situation, when you feel alone, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Every time I study about the children of Israel, I, I tend to see myself in their behaviors more than anything, their mistakes. And um, I try not to get too discouraged about that. But um, tonight's example is no different. I still see myself in, in their example. And here tonight, the part that I want to tell you about is is right when they got delivered. So, you know, they, you know God sent all those plagues, Pharaoh said, go. They, crossed the Red Sea and, you know, delivered them. God miraculously delivered them 400 years of slavery and bondage. They were experiencing good times, okay, good times. Now, typically we think people automatically want to worship the Lord when things are good, right? Because it's a little bit easier sometimes. Hey, I got to raise, praise God, right? A little bit easier, something goes your way. You know, no traffic, yes. You know, just think, I got off early, Woohoo. You know, just things, when things go your way, you tend to think, hey, it's easier to praise God in those moments. And unfortunately, though, even in our good times, our worship unto the Lord can suffer and sometimes be silenced. Because we have this thing called human nature, and human nature tends to forget. And because we're forgetful, we have to use caution during those good times because we can get so caught up in our happiness that we forget it was God that delivered. It was God who blessed. It was God who ordained things. And the Lord actually warned the Israelites about this very thing. I'm going to read a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing into The valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. I'm so sorry. I know everybody's fasting. The Bible says, and it continues, says, a land where bread will not be scarce. Sounds really good right now, don't (laughs) it? And then he says, so. I'll read that again. A land where bread will not, don't let your stomachs be a little bit louder than you are tonight. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. Okay? He's, he's telling them this is, this is it. And you can picture it. You can picture the trees and how lush everything is. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, he tells them what to do. He's warning them. Let me tell you what to do when you're satisfied. Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. He says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. He says, Otherwise, so if you don't, when you eat and you're satisfied, and when you build your fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, says your heart will become proud, and you're going to forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now, it's another lesson for, for another day again. <laughs> but I believe now, greater than ever, there's danger in plenty. I, I tell my husband that all the time. I tell him that all the time. There's some danger, I'm telling you. Every time I see more and more and more, and abundance and abundance and abundance, there's, there's a danger in that. And that, you know, that You've got to be careful in how you handle those type of things. And so I always pray, God help me to be cautious in good times. You know, I I want us to be blessed, and I want us to have good times and mountaintop experiences. But God help me to be cautious because I never want to forget where you've brought me from. I don't want to forget the valley. I remind me, Lord, that all I have and all I am is because of you and you alone. I don't ever want pride or selfish thinking to cause me to forget to worship in the good times. In the good times. And likewise, I don't want to forget to worship God in the bad times. And quite honestly, when we have a bad day or if we go through a rough season in life, seldom do we feel inspired to worship. Am I alone? You have been there? Lost my job. Praise the Lord. Very rare. Unless you really hated your job. I got bad news from the doctor. Hallelujah. Seldom does that ever happen, or tragedy has struck my family again. Glory to God. That's typically not the attitude that we that we take, and in actuality, bad times typically generate worry and fear and anxiety. hope I'm not alone, but the heaviness sometimes of struggling, it inhibits our worship. It feels like it's sitting on your chest. It inhibits our worship. It gets harder just to raise your hands or to step out to prayer or to maybe even come to church it becomes a little bit more difficult And just a side note I, I don't want to minimize anybody's past or their current situations I would never do that I, I believe with all my heart that we go through genuine hard times I believe that and I do. I want to speak something to the ones that are actually going through something now if you're going through difficult times I just want to tell you that you're not alone and that you have someone praying for you don't you lose hope. And I want to encourage you to keep pressing on, to keep praying, and to keep worshiping. And I want to say something to the ones that are going through the good times. If you're experiencing good times right now, share it. Be a friend to someone you see struggling. Please don't ever let people struggle alone. I'll tell you, there's there's nothing harder, I think, than being alone during the hardest times of your life. It's a, a very hard thing reach out, tell them that you're praying for them and pray for them. But your encouragement is like oxygen for someone's soul. Your encouragement is, I I promise you that. I'll tell you this. I alluded to this story on Saturday night, but when my family came here almost 10 years ago, we were struggling. That was us. Okay. Um, we had three kids at the time. Sadie was three months old and Zach was a pistol or is a pistol. Um, and Riley was sweet. But we came and we were so hurt and confused. We thought we were doing everything right. But so much hurt. So many wounds. And yes, like I said, brother and sister Boyd were there for us and they helped us tremendously. And I will never ever forget that. Forget that. I'm so thankful for that. But they weren't the only ones. You did too. I'll never forget the first service that we came to. We sat where Brother and Sister Williams are, and I'll never forget the worship songs. Bobby, you remember this, but they sang, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, and I remember we just sat there and sobbed, and we just uncontrollably sobbed through those worship songs. And I want to tell you, it's because you decided to come to church that day, and because you decided to worship that day, you ushered in an atmosphere where the broken could be healed. So I want to tell you, don't stop worshiping. You may think that it's just your hand raised, but somebody may need to see that. Somebody may need to hear, bless the Lord, on oh my soul, don't ever forget to worship God. Because I'm telling you, worship opens doors worship opens doors. You don't believe it, ask Paul and Silas. I'm not going to teach this whole story, but I do want to remind everybody about Job. Because when we seem to think that we got it really, really rough, when we think of his story, we kind of realize someone's always kind of has it worse than us. Things could be worse. But poor Job, you know, after utter devastation, just loss, his response was stunning, exemplary, bad report after bad report, loss after loss, and when his life crumbled, the Bible says, then Job arose, and he rent his clothes, and he shaved his head, and he fell down on the ground and worshiped, and he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither, the Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Lord, I thank you for it. Jesus, my God, we worship you. I believe sometimes desperation can be a gift. And I know that doesn't sound right. But sometimes, like I said, where you have plenty and you have abundance, it can cause us to forget God and just rely on ourselves. Desperation's different. Sometimes desperation can actually draw us closer to God if we allow it. Worshiping Him takes our focus off our problems. Worship is a freedom from our own miserable selves. If we turn the focus off the problems and turn it on the problem solver, he'll, he'll take care of us. John four twenty three says, But the hour cometh and now is. So right now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in what you said, spirit and in truth. And I love the last part. It says, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father seeketh such to worship him. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking and seeking out who is going to worship me. And I'm going to tell you whether there's good times or bad times, whether I'm weak or whether I'm strong, I want him to find me. I want him to seek me, and I want him to find me worshiping him. I want him to say, I found one. I found one. I found a worshiper. He's looking for them that will worship him in good or in bad. Praise God. God loves a worshiper. As a matter of fact, I heard a preacher say, if it was possible for God to have a weakness, it would be for worship. And how would be, you think about Hezekiah. And the prophet Isaiah came to Hezekiah. And he gave him basic, basically his death sentence. He, he told Hezekiah, set your house in order. You're going to die. And Hezekiah started pleading for his life. And he went to God and he said, God, I'm going to tell you all these works that I've done. God, you know that I've, I've kept your law, your commandments. And then finally Hezekiah said, Lord, the grave cannot praise you. He said, death cannot celebrate you. And the Lord responded with Well, if you're going to praise me, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. So if you're willing to worship God, you remember that God will restore some things in your life because he loves a worshiper. And if we really, really start worshiping, and you know what I'm talking about, that comes out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your spirit, I get up out of my seat and I throw my hands up in the air and I cry out kind of worship, that is an audacious defiance against the spirit of this world. Okay, The spirit of this world wants you to be defeated, wants you to feel miserable. The spirit of this world wants you to stay exactly how you are. But I encourage you to worship defiantly against that because he brought you a mighty long way and he's not done with you yet and you love him with all your heart. He is worthy to be worshipped. You can go ahead and come if the musicians want to come. Told you I wouldn't be long. A couple more things to say and then how about having a little worship? Abraham worshipped God during his test of faith with his son tied down on the bed of sacrifice. Mm. David worshipped in a cave. Hezekiah worshipped on his deathbed. Paul and Silas worshipped at midnight in a jail cell. So what's holding us back from worshipping on a Wednesday night church service? I want to be a worshipper. I want to worship him. There's a worship song that says, it's a new one, but it says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sum of all our praises still fall shy, then we'll sing again a hundred billion times. Psalms 34, we started with the first verse, that I will praise the Lord at all times. And then he continues with, O oh, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. And that's how I would just want to end it. That's if we can, exalt his name together. We're going to let them lead us in a song of worship. He's worthy. Come
0: on, why don't we gather around the front? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m.